Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Tio. Well, Heidi, Heidi, hi. My name's Tio, and I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. The rootinest, tootinest forgotten vessel you ever did see. <laughs> pew, pew. Savannah? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle, and I play Duncan's Oliver. It's like Attorney's General. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to go with. I like it. <laughs> I played the Duncan's Oliver. The Duncan's Oliver. <laughs> the Duncan's All. It's spelled it. with an A. The Duncan's All Over. Oh. <laughs> Duncan's All Over. I'm, Ky- I'm Kyle, and I play the Duncan's All Over. Absolutely incredible. No notes. Nailed it. We open at the rundown gas station at the edge of town where the three of you tracked Deacon to after discovering that he had installed a temporal boot on the bus, preventing it from traveling through space and time. Duncan, of all people, braved the terror-inducing aura of the decaying building to find his fellow Doppel-Duncan bleeding out on the countertop. Sputtering for breath, he warned you that Maxity was on her way to the bus. And behind the counter, in the building's Spartan back office, you spotted a small billow of black and silver fog. Ay ay ay. Is it growing out of the office, or is there just like a cloud? Duncan's, why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? <laughs> the Duncan's rolled a nine on the dice, plus one is ten. Hold two. Duncan's surprisingly astute. It's all that birding. It's all, that's true. It's all that birding. I guess my question towards is it coming at me is, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? No. This small cloud, roughly the size of your torso, maybe, appears to just simply be floating, almost inert, in the back office. Hmm. It's sort of in front of the two chairs, which are flanking it on either side, kind of like a sort of angular setup. Is this little billowing cloud of gray-black smoke look like screaming fog smoke? It absolutely does. Yeah. Is it screaming? No. It's a quiet fog. Uh, this is very strange. I always want to ask what's useful or valuable, but I'm just going to say what here is not what it appears to be because that's weird. It's a great question. It sure looks like a duck, but it is not quacking like a duck. So from my bird knowledge, it's clearly a... This is Screaming Fog, Duncan's, but it also is not because it is not behaving in the way that you are intimately familiar with the Screaming Fog behaving. Yeah, something's weird on this fog. It's much smaller. It's not coming in over the water across the beach. It's not Mm -hmm. screaming. It's not moving. It's not even doing what, and I mean, Duncan had experience with this, but we've got a mind meld, doing what the little jar of screaming fog did, which was as soon as it opened, it like was like a gas. It filled the whole space. Yeah, it appears to be inactive. Huh. Is Deacon still? Bleeding out on the counter? Yeah. Yeah. Sputtering. Dying. I'm going to try to get him over a shoulder to get out of here. But at the same time, I want to ask, like, you see that fog? What's up with that? Deacon's head lolls to the side and peers into the back office. Oh, shit. When did that get there? Duncan is going to hoist Deacon up over his shoulder and go, all right, well, we'll problem for another time, my man. Let's get you out of here. Duncan's, as you hoist Deacon over your body, you feel that reverb, the all-too-familiar resonance between Duncan and Duncan, and there's a pressure on the collective consciousness that you share, pushing and pushing and pushing until there's a pop, and you blink, and now you are seeing out of three sets of eyes instead of two. 
Whoa. Duncan back behind cover with the other two rubs his temple and you just hear him go. <clears throat> and then Duncan with a deacon come trudging out of the, out of the gas station as it explodes behind them in a fiery inferno. No. Oh. Duncan, you are reminded of the moment that you and Deacon held hands over the book from the library back in the sip and spin pottery barn. Yeah, I look up at Max and go, traveler. Uh, Sorry, things are getting a little weird. Oh, boy. I got a headache. The Olivers, Duncan, and Deacon. God, this is (laughs) is going to get This this is hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hell of our own making. Max and Claire, standing alongside Duncan, you see Deacon and Duncan, Duncan trudging, Deacon hefted over his shoulder, emerge from the front door of the gas station. Deacon is bleeding profusely. It's already stained Duncan's shirt. Ooh. From this mind melt, I think Duncan also looks up and is like, Max said he's heading for the bus. I like feel my chest. She stabbed me, I think. No, Deacon. She certainly stabbed one of you. It hurts. That's for sure. You have a now distinct memory, Duncans, of a lightning clash with the Traveler in the midst of the gas station, you wielding the Scissor of Success and her wielding this enormous sword. And while you are exceptionally trained and battle-hardened, her speed was insurmountable. And you distinctly recall the feeling of a just absolutely massive sword cutting through your abdomen. You stabbed me. No. Sorry. It's confusing. Duncan, Duncan, I'm Hmm. not going to stab you. Well, not this version of you. Did one of you at least get your licks in with her? Yes, is she wounded? Uh, Yes. I don't think very much. Maybe a one, one or two. She's really fast. Look, I'm just going to say it, and I know it's not helpful, but I've been holding this in, and I think you'd all agree that it's a lot of growth for me to wait this long to say this, but personally, I feel like if there were a bunch of Claire's running around, we would at the very least agree not to stab each other's friends. So I think when this is all over, we should work out some sort of treaty among the Duncans and the Maxes, you know, rules of the road. (laughs) Max and Duncan share a look. (laughs) <laughs> like share a meaningful look at Claire's assertion that she would not fight any other Claire's that she and the other Claire's would just be like bestest buzz they'd be braiding each other's Dun- hair Dun- Duncan flips through his mental memory book to try to remember if there are any moments where this Claire stabbed this Duncan <laughs> I just think an accord would be appropriate that's all but uh, anyway sure. moving on what should sure. what should we do now we got to go rescue the bus. Now, Deacon did put his patent pending time boot on the bus. It should be difficult for it to go anywhere unless yes. Maxity has a way to deal with that. But we got to book it. We got to put our skates on and book it. If Maxity gets that bus, it's game over. Yep. Duncan, a memory bubbles up in your consciousness of Maxity leaning in. Just the shittiest shit-eating grin on her face and pulling something out of Deacon's black trench coat. Quinn, what the fuck? (laughs) Quinn. (laughs) Hey, gang. We got to go fast, actually. I just had a memory. His memory, my memory. So we we should go. Yes, yes. 
should we be worried about you? Are you about to die? And she points at the bleeding one. <laughs> Duncan like squints his eyes, does a focus face, and then all the Duncans, all of her, look at each other and nod in synchronicity and go, Duncan's going to take care of him. We can go. Great. Great. And Duncan's going to take Deacon to wherever the nearest first aid kit is, slash doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is a hilarious romp on its own because he doesn't know where any of that is. Dagan lifts Deacon over his shoulder and pulls him into a broken down car and you see he like leans under the hood and you hear like some sparks and the engine roars to life and then the car peels out and starts driving and you hear Deacon scream. You hear the remnants of a conversation as they peel out as Deacon goes, don't worry, my guy, we're going to take good care of you. I know just the place to go. And if not, I got an herbal remedy that's going to that does great. You can just rub it in the wound. And Deacon goes, I can hear your thoughts. And the two Double Duncans heel off back towards Main Town. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, he's mad. <laughs> I'm starting to like him more. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go. How yeah. did we get here, Quinn? How did we get here before? There's an entrance to the back alley, basically right here. So we're Mario Pipes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Back to the back alley. So, Max, are you in the lead here? Yes. Give me a roll to embrace chaos. The back alley is still convoluted and twisted. This will set the stage for who arrives first. Okay. Ah, mm. uh, chaos. Uh, that's a 12. Hey. Okay. You arrive first. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to use holds for this, I think. You okay. navigate the back alley like the back of your hand. The back alley of your hand. You are to the bus in no time flat. You're able to get there without getting lost, without any kind of detrimental impact, no harm or anything like that. Yay. I think it is dark by the time you arrive. We haven't played a lot with the day-night cycle here, but I do think (laughs) night does eventually fall in somewhere, and because it hasn't been dark in a while, I think it's nighttime now. (gasps) For the first time ever. Is this like Alaska? For the first time ever. Wait, it's been night before. No, nighttime happens. I'm not going to commit to a 24-hour day-night cycle, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the market is alit with all manner of illuminations and light sources. The stalls are as active as ever. People still hawking their wares. There are many food vendors out and about. There are people that you don't see during the day who are only there at night hours. You know, there's some buskers, there's some street performers. It's in many ways more lively at night than it is during the day. Mm. And smack dab in the middle where you left it <laughs> after the first <laughs> blow up with Deacon is the bus. Hmm. I think a few people are like leaning against it, eating food. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, fair. it's furniture now. <laughs> it's an art installation. Yeah, it's been there long enough that it's become part of the market, in essence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does not take long for the back alley to adapt to new welcomed guests. People have replaced like the ad slot on the bus with local ads. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Quinn, I'm not going to make you do this because we're in like mortal danger if we weren't. I would make you tell us what all the food options were because Max is feeling a little peckish. But (laughs) we have bigger things to come up with and perhaps our loyal fans, they are done coming up with every conceivable Duncan (laughs) alternative. Can pick up some foods that would be available. Is Maxity in sight? No. Okay. 
circle up everybody. Circle up Duncan, mm-hmm. Claire. This is our opportunity to plan before she shows up. We can try to take the boot off, and I can drive the bus. I don't know where we're going to drive it, but if she gets the bus, that's it. We're toast. No more Duncans. The Duncanverse ends here. Although, Duncan, there are probably other Duncans out there. Assuredly. <laughs> yes. So what do we think about trying to take the boot off the bus? Or does somebody else have any other ideas? It's a safe space here. My thought is if we take the boot off the bus and run away with the bus, Maxie's mm-hmm. just going to keep following us. Yeah. For yeah. Ever, ever. Ever. Like we need to yeah. deal with Maxity. Yes, we need to kill Maxity. I've been saying this all along. Have Boy, you? if only I had a version of me with pockets full of traps and stuff. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, well, here's a question, gang. If we don't think we can defeat Maxity, can we trap Maxity? Can we boot? Can we Maxity? boot? Quinn, can we trap Maxity? No, I don't know. That's up to us. We gotta... <laughs> That's a yes. That's a yes. We can absolutely we gotta, trap Maxity. Is, we play to find out what happens. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do. Here's what we could do. Here's my thought is when we see her, I could see if I could embrace the chaos and trap her in time. Hmm. Stick her in Last time time you were able to get her lost for a bit in the back alley. Yeah, but maybe I can get her stuck somewhere. Can you slow time down so much that she essentially is imperceptibly moving? That's the equivalent of like, it's like the molasses trap, but for time. I mean, the other thing we could do is let her take the bus, but be on the bus as a surprise. Because from what you described, it's pretty bad news when, like, Elodie almost fell out of the bus while it was zooping. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then we try to push her so out we the bus. Maybe can push her out of the bus while the bus is slipping through time. Where would she end up? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we know the answer to that question. I like that plan. That plan seems the most doable unless we can do some sort of time trap bubble. I think it's only risky because she gets the bus. But I think the answer is she's going to get the bus if we don't do it either. Yes. Sure. And we will be on the bus already. I agree with Claire that I think hiding on the bus is a good idea because then once she takes the boot off of it, we can take the bus from her. Before we do this, when do you think we should attack? Because I can see the plan breaking down yep. pretty quickly if we hide and then we don't have a, a plan of attack. <laughs> yeah, on three or after go, you know. <laughs> on three. So if we go one, two, to three, go. it's on the three and we should do it after she, as soon as we can, after she takes the boot off. <laughs> this is the marketplace of the underbelly, selling all sorts of doodads and what's-its and gizmos and MacGuffins. Do we think we have time to gather stuff to arm ourselves? Max has a big sword. Claire has some sharp nails and I have a little pocket knife. Yeah. Quinn, do we have enough time to try and buy Duncan a weapon and then maybe get another one for Claire? It's hard to say. Yeah, we don't know when, I don't know when don't Max is going to arrive. I don't think so. I mean, I've got a pretty good in with the underbelly. I don't know how your rep is looking these days, Max. Where's Jackie? She's at the no longer not so forsaken community pool. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. The now quite okay. delightful community pool. Yeah, we've we've, mm-hmm. yeah. we've hidden all of our best friends 
there. Smash cut to Jackie <laughs> and C-Mac on the little like makeshift cabana has spray painted a sign that says Jackie's Kraken Cabana. Yeah, they're See, having a great time. If I had won the election, the first update I would give is how I've renovated and revitalized the community at the pool. Like, what a wonderful job I've done. But you didn't mm-hmm. want to. Shh. Also, it was after the election. <laughs> Shh. Yeah, that's what I mean. If I had won, this would have been the first like thing I would gloat about. Look at the great I'm doing in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. This seems like something that we might need a, some help on, whether it's a call out to the underbelly or splute out to see if anybody at the bureaucracy Claire kind can of um, pitch in. Because this is a like, this whole world is under threat right now. Yeah. Claire kind of like starts rubbing her temples in, in a maneuver of stress that you've never seen on her because Claire is rarely, if ever, stressed. She's, Visibly. Yeah. And she goes, well... There is one entity that has offered to help us. Who? Is it Rudy? Claire? Claire? Yes. Claire, who is it? Look, I'm not saying it's a good idea. Is it Rudy? Rudy has guaranteed us all safe passage. mm, Rudy left you in a well? No, no, no. No, He didn't. You put people in the well. I put people in the well. <laughs> he forgot no, you. No, no, no. No, no, no. He didn't, he didn't forget me. He, you know, mm-hmm. used he, me as a yes. vessel. Uh-huh. And then? But mm-hmm. that part is actually not what I'm worried about. The, my bigger concern, look, Rudy is an entity of his word. The problem is that when I asked him what would be left of the world, he kind of just seemed to imply that we would all be fine, which isn't an answer about the world. Mm-hmm. Now, I have been very clear that I have not made up my mind, but I'm just going to throw it out there that if we're about to see imminent doom for the world and us, that might be our plan. F. <laughs> Quinn, I would like the underbelly to find a weapon for Duncan before we get on the bus. Are you not responding to Claire's in-character? Yeah, I've turned away because Rudy's <laughs> going to destroy us. No, no, no. Rudy's not going to destroy us. Rudy will destroy gonna... the world. Yeah, so, that's... And then has what... made a promise to not destroy yes, us. Right. What Claire is saying maybe needs to say more clearly. She goes, okay, what I'm saying is if all of our plans go awry and Maxity's about to destroy everything... I'm going to go ahead and hit the safety valve to save us. Are we all okay with that? If we end up, let's hope we don't end up in that position. Let's be very cautious about that. Yes, let's, let's. I mean, it's got to be imminent world ending. Like Maxity's about to destroy the world. Let's revisit that when the time comes. I'm not saying no, but I'm also considering that Rudy probably didn't promise you that. He probably promised you that, or he promised it with like his fingers crossed behind his back. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily. But the alternative there is we die anyway. That's yes. if we're already going to die, right? But where are we going to go? That's a great question that I don't have the answer to. I'm going to go ahead and call this Plan Pineapple. And if we get to the (laughs) point where we need Plan Pineapple, I will yell out Pineapple and you have two seconds to say no. But let's hope we don't get there. All right. (laughs) I don't love this conversation. I also understand. I also say to Claire, I understand where this is coming from. 
I don't love it. I hope you don't love it either. I, you know, it's not the worst idea in the world because I think the worst idea in the world would be just letting Maxity take the bus, but it's close. Oh, it's very close. I mean, there would be no Claire Empire. What would I do with my Yes, time? yes, exactly. You'd have to find a new well. <laughs> and there would be no wells. Very sad. There would be nothing. Anyway, let's go on to plan A, yeah? Okay, Quinn. I want somebody in the underbelly to find a weapon for Duncan, and then I think we're getting on the bus. Yeah, if you're looking for some sort of armament for Duncan, yes. go ahead and give me a call for aid with underbelly. This is probably the category of contraband. Yeah. I will warn you if this roll goes badly, I'm reserving the right to change what happens on a bad roll. <laughs> uh, well, you're not going to have to worry about that because that's a 14. Okay. (laughs) Nothing bad happens. Okay. (laughs) You walk up to the first person you see. (laughs) Who is it? Tan Man Stan. It's Tan Man Stan. (laughs) And he's leaning against the bus having a, it's a pierogi filled with no potatoes. And he's juggling big knives. Yeah. You're not even done talking. And he leans over to you and he's like, (laughs) hey, I, uh, I I heard you might need something. He opens his enormous tan trench coat and there's just like Mm -hmm. a bunch of knives. (laughs) Just a bunch Duncan. of big knives. Take your pick. Uh, Come on, Some might even fall under the category of short swords. I think it would be a short sword. Yeah. Oh, boy. Or no, a knife, because like, if you get him really close to her. Don't got no, like, guns or anything? Or, like, you know, the cartoons where you, like, look at this briefcase and it opens up and a big boxing glove pops out on a spring? He folds in the left side of his coat and folds out the right side of his coat. And there's a small briefcase. You can see on the little gold clasp, it says K.O. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I want. (laughs) That's the one. Guys, it's perfect. We can tell Maxity that the time reserve is in this briefcase. (laughs) Oh, she can sense it. Shoot, that's not going to work. That ruse is not going to work. Probably not. But this is still a great weapon because it can knock somebody back. And that's our goal. I don't think... Me with a sword is going to be able to do much. I need a a step up briefcase with a big boxing glove. (laughs) Yeah, this is the boxing briefcase. It is one harm close reload. Comical. Yeah, one harm close reload. Pushing. Yeah, knockback. (laughs) Knockback. One harm reload knockback funny. Funny, yes. Tan Man Stan closes both of his trench coat sides and says, uh, excellent choice, Duncan. Nobody else wanted any other swords or anything while we're Thanks. looking at this. Thanks, Tan Man Array of swords. I mean, I should probably get something that isn't just my nails. Your nails are one harm, right? Yep. I mean, I'll tell you, you're not going to get any weapon here that's more than one harm. In Absurdia, a two harm weapon is, is pretty rare. That's fine. I'll be fine. Okay. I think it is at this time that you hear a scream from the other side of the back alley market. We got to get on the bus. Get on everybody on the bus. Come on, on the bus, on the bus. Let's go, go, go. We get on the bus. I say, Tan Man Stan, we were never here. Shh, run for your life. I think Tan Man Stan knows when to run. He asks zero questions. He just fucking takes off. He starts running. Yeah. (laughs) Full speed. It's the back alley. People run if they hear a scream. (laughs) Yeah, people run. All the time. In general. (laughs) Also, I absolutely believe that Tan Man Stan runs like Naruto. Yes. He does the Naruto run. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. And very quickly, the market does start to clear out as you board the bus. Okay. Quinn, what does it look like? I know there's this issue of the snarl. Where's the snarl? Yeah. 
There are three rows of seats before the snarl. Mm. Okay. There's no articulation. There's nothing further back. The snarl is like right there. The diverging pathways of the bus, like gangways, whipping around through the vast emptiness. Okay. Everybody take cover. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Do not touch that. Do you see that? It's don't so touch shiny. it. Don't don't do it, Duncan. All right, everybody, I am concealing myself. It's up to you two. I hide. We never agreed on are we pushing? It's on three. Yes. We're gonna, yeah, we're going we're gonna to push her. So we're not trying to restrain her. Just push her out. Or if we get her into the snarl, that will do the same thing. Yes. The environmental dangers here are far greater than anything we could muster. That's true. So we've true. got kind of one shot to surprise and push. Yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm scared. Who would the three of you define as the leader of this operation? I feel like it might be Max. This is a. I think you're it's going me. up against another Max. This so is Max would, on Max violence. You'd have the key <laughs> sense about their actions. Yeah, Quinn, I think it's me. Okay, for the team, give me a roll to save your skin. It's an eleven. It's an eleven. <laughs> Woo! Uh, <laughs> I should have helped, but I'm. I guess I didn't have to. The three of you make yourselves as small as possible in the seats just behind the driver's seat. And not but a few moments after you hide, you hear the clank of steel-toed boots as Maxity steps onto the bus and up to the driver's seat. I'm so scared. And begins fiddling with the temporal boot. What do you do? The snarl is three rows back. Yep. It is right behind you. And you can feel, Max, you remember when you got close to it last time, way back yep. in the beginning with Elodie, mm -hmm. and it almost like pulled both of you in. You can feel that tug. Yeah. Like something is trying to take away layers of your being or just like pull you back. I'm going to stand up slowly, looking at Duncan and Claire, and I'm doing the like, not yet, the like little <laughs> head shake <laughs> thing. Duncan's both of you see that, right? Duncan's eyes Good. are wide and he nods little shake. Yep. Shake Claire. Yes. Claire pulls her nails in and out into a thumbs up. I pull out the Zoyhinder and I go, Maxity, it's time. She is facing you before you realize what's happening and her buster sword is up and at the ready. She smiles, smirks. I was almost disappointed. With, with what? Almost, dis almost disappointed with what? Well, it would have been too easy if you weren't here. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Let's, we're going we're gonna to monologue some more. You want to tell me some more about you got you got some more thoughts about your relative? No. Dis and no? she leaps forward and tries to <laughs> kick you into the snarl. Fight for your life. Okay. It's a nine. On a seven and nine, you inflict harm on one another as established. I think because she's not attacking with her sword, she's tried to kick you. So you tell me what you think of this, but I think how this plays out is you grab her leg and both of you fall backwards right in front of the snarl and that pull intensifies and you can feel your face being drawn out, distended and pulled towards. Yeah. And Claire and Duncan, you see this with both Max and Maxity, their whole upper body is starting to stretch out and be sucked into the snarl. You're going to take one harm, and so will she. And at that, I yell, one, two, three! Yeah, we jump out. I'm going to separate the two of them, yeah. assuming, Duncan, you will push mm -hmm. Maxity as soon as they're separated. Yeah. As the two of you leap out, one minute you're moving fine, and then the next minute you feel like you're wading through honey. Both of you give me a roll plus chaos. Okay. <laughs> Little uh -oh. do you know. <laughs> 
I have a minus one. That's a 10. I've got a pretty empty essence track, so I'm gonna mark essence for this roll. Boy, glad I did. That is a 10. All right, both of you recognize at this point the signs of time slowing down, but there's simply not enough distance for Maxity to stop you. Mm -hmm. Whatever she is doing to time, it is ironically too slow for you. (laughs) What do you do? I mean, I'm separating the two of them. As you dive into this scrap at the foot of the snarl, give me a roll to face fear. Well, that's a 10 anyways. It's like trying to walk a tightrope with a high wind, but you thread the needle, and as the snarl pulls at you, you rip Maxity off of Max, and now she's standing semi-upright with Max laying on the floor. I've run slowly up to Maxie with the briefcase, and I hold it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's god! Very funny. That's the tag. We've been trying to contact you about your extended <laughs> car warranty. <laughs> Give me a, I think this is also a face fear rather than fight for your life. Yeah, I'm gonna... It's chaotic enough. I don't think anyone's really fighting or doing yeah, anything. Oh my right God. Now. Yeah. I'm going to push myself for this as well. Alternatively, another. Looks like we beat you to the punch. <laughs> I'm gonna put a really slow coil. Okay, face fear, come on, dice. Oh my glad I pushed myself. Drop the one. That Whoa. is an eight. Worst outcome, hard choice, or a price to pay? Oh, there are some really bad ones I could do. <laughs> I'm sure. The stakes are pretty high. (laughs) But I think what we'll do here is you open the briefcase and in slow motion, the boxing glove sproings out, clocks Maxity square (laughs) in the jaw, and she goes end over end into the snarl. The last thing you see as she disappears is she's got some sort of device or clicker and is trying to activate it and then falls into the snarl and disappears. The controller for the boot is gone. The bus is impounded for the foreseeable future. Okay, but she's in the snarl. We we did it. She's in the snarl. She's in the fucking snarl. Hooray. And you see her disappear into three dozen different writhing tendrils of bus gangway at the same time, then disappear from sight completely. Uh, Scramble and try to pull everybody away from the snarl. Yay. And the three of you scramble back, Back back staring into the writhing abyss. Yeah. (sighs) Teamwork. You did it. Yay. With your friends. Yay. And honestly, planning. Yay. Everybody's going to be so proud of us. Huge growth for all of us. Yay. (laughs) Yay. 2024. A year of personal growth. Yay. A year of planning. Well, Mm -hmm. let's not make it. Let's not get carried away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 41 of Monster Hour Absurdia. Are you as proud as I am watching the crew successfully make and execute a plan to take down a big baddie? I feel like a mama bird watching her chicks take flight. Hey, speaking of soaring unbridled into the air, did you know that you can help us slip the surly bonds of Earth by opening your podcast listening device, navigating your opposable thumbs over to the rating system, and bestowing unto us five celestial objects to indicate that you enjoyed listening to our pre-recorded voices? Tis a strange world that we live in, but... Tis true. A special shout out this week to the newest member of WSM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Justine. 
A huge thank you to all our patrons for helping to make the show possible and bring you awesome bonus content. Next week, we are going to be releasing a new NPC Origins episode, featuring our first returning special guest and one of Somewhere's most clever and cantankerous residents. If you want to be ready when it drops, you can head over to patreon.com slash monster hour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all we have for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in February 20th for the next broadcast of WSOM Radio Somewhere. The three of you step off of the bus into the back alley market to see a skittish but mid-sized crowd gathered (laughs) awaiting the results of the fracas inside the bus. Fair. Fair. Fair citizens of the underbelly. The bus is here to stay. Hooray! It's a loud cheer. And Tan Man Stan runs up and puts his arm around Duncan and says, I knew this guy could do it. I knew he could do it. And it was all thanks to this guy's fine wares and products. Stan throws open both sides of his trench coat and a couple items fly out. And he says, and we're open for business. Too many knives, Stan. Yeah, a couple knives fall out. You got to secure those (laughs) knives, my man. What did the three of you do? Freed of the burden of Maxity. Yeah, I'll go back to our checklist of bad guys and threats. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's that? It's been a real layer cake, this arc. <laughs> yeah, once Maxity <laughs> pops off the heap, what's next up? I would like to look at the boot and see if there's anything that I can do about it. Yeah, nothing has really changed since the last time you looked at it, Max. You know that without the controller, removing it would absolutely ruin the boot and it could damage the bus. I'm not really in a rush to move the bus also. Yeah, it's, same. I think with Maxity gone, I think it's kind of fine here in the underbelly. Well, she could get out of the snarl. She's pretty clearly adept at maneuvering through space and time. Mm-hmm. So we should be very careful about treating this as like a permanent solution. Can I get Deacon working on manufacturing a new boot yes. <laughs> or something? Because yes. if Maxity makes it out, Maxity makes it out into the bus. So wherever we yes. put the bus is Maxity yes. there is, as well. Is Maxity's zone. But being yes. able to like change the lock so that her key doesn't work anymore. Duncan, you're aware that Deacon is currently receiving life-saving <laughs> yeah. medical treatment. Yeah. I, close, I close my eyes for a second and cough up blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be a while. We unfortunately have a lot of fish frying, and mm-hmm. one has come out of the oven. That's not how this works, but we're going to mix metaphors. <laughs> and now we've, we've got a, a couple more bacon. <laughs> Don't worry about it. These irons are hot. Yeah. I have some unrelated business dealing with one of our other baddies whenever we want to handle that. Claire would like to get a message to Mina relaying, like, we've handled a major security issue. We've proven that we can handle large-scale security risks related to what's happening right now. Claire wants to turn her attention to the Rudy problem, but to do that, she needs Mina and the city council powers over the library to give her whatever background information exists on the well and what happened there. Because Claire doesn't have good memories of that. But City Hall could fill in a lot of those gaps. And I think that we should have earned some goodwill with what we just did. At City Council, Sploots you back and says, (laughs) did you solve the Duncan problem? Publicly. (sighs) 
Is this a problem? That's really rude. I'm I'm like I'm looking over Claire's shoulder at the response. You're subsploting. <laughs> it's a public sploot and everybody's commenting. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that Dankin guy's pretty swell. He's joined our birding <laughs> group. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Hey, Claire, the sploot board is lighting up because there are reports of Duncans all around town. <laughs> uh, let's say I think my response is reports. we should reframe what counts as a problem. We just saved the world. You're welcome. Do you want us to yeah. do it again? Claire, what they say? Like what, the they, what, what they say? What do they what do they sploot back? What they say? Claire? It's a great what question. Say? What did they say? What they say? Something about a Duncan problem? We're working. On, hey, I got. I'm like, You're not a problem, Duncan. Duncan, <laughs> you and the other Duncans are not a problem. You are a delightful. Um, well, some of them are. Well, anyway. Complication? No. You've added a layer of complexity to this issue that is très charmant. If they are wondering, we are collecting the other me's and, and I know where they all are. I think what Claire responds is like she subtweets her own tweet or sorry, subsplutes her own <laughs> sploot and <laughs> says. Uh, it's, it's Y now formally known. It's you re-splute it. Good Lord. Yeah, yes, it's changed to Y. It's just W-H-Y. Why? <laughs> Why? Oh, God. Um, What's that thing called now? Why? Why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very meta. Oh, wait, hold on. Anyway, um, oh, that was a dad joke. Uh, a good one. And okay. this is why the internet is canceled. Yes. So many dumb names um, of companies. Oh, they're all so dumb. Hey, give me a million dollars. I'll also make up a company that has no vowels and all lowercase. Rhythm. <laughs> That's just Tumblr. Yeah. What I was going to say was Claire subsplutes, resplutes, whatever you want to call it, double taps on what she said, her snarky response to city council, which was public, and says, Duncan would like you to know that we are collecting the other Duncans and will deal with those concerns. But I refer you to the above. Do you want us to save your ass again or not? You get a message back from at city council that says summit now. Oh, <laughs> uh, back to the pottery barn. Yes, probably. <laughs> yes, back <laughs> to the pottery <laughs> barn. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I think Claire's next immediate thought is to get a better sense of what's happening with the well and with herself because she feels like she might be. Having seen Max go through being a ticking time bomb and having seen Duncan be a ticking time bomb, Claire is concerned that she is the silent third threat coming up upon us all. The real monster was us along the way. <laughs> and Claire's a pretty big monster well, the... on the outside already, so... <laughs> <laughs> the real monster was all three of us together already. <laughs> Yeah, we are the problem to the town. Yeah, it's, oh, it's over and over again, it's us. That's true. For, yeah. for many arcs, actually true. We yeah. solved two problems for the town, and then it's just been fallout from the Honestly, yeah. Luck. An incredible tracker. We solve problems that we cause, but we solve problems. So... We are problem solvers. Yeah, just don't ask us for the first part of that. We are problem parentheses solvers. Solvers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, No, we are much. problems parentheses solvers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
incredible. Smash cut bah! to the Sip and Spin Pottery Barn. Uh-huh. Momo, the old woman made of sentient clay, greets you and welcomes you to join her at the pottery wheels. Across the aisle, you can see that Mina, the head librarian, and the recorder are already there. Hello. Nice to see you not trapped in a bathroom. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> Claire, Duncan, Max, welcome. Yes. Please explain how you saved the world. I turn to Max. Uh, well. Or our asses. Yes. Or yes. whatever colorful okay. analogy that you okay. use to describe yes. your actions. I have Sebastian bring the security tape from WSOM radio somewhere. Oh, that's right, because she did show up there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, do you have the tape, or do you want me to tell the story? Or both? Sebastian will be here any moment. Why don't you start with the story, and then right. we can corroborate right. with Sebastian. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, out of a magic stone in the radio station popped another version of me with a giant sword, like even bigger than this one. Sorry, the sword size isn't relevant, but I'm trying to paint a picture. Anyway, and then she got Elodie, who is me. I am she. We won't rehash that. And her plan is to destroy every single universe. Yikes. Mm -hmm. That's not great. No, and she's like really good at this time travel thing. So we chased her, and then she chased us, and that was extremely unpleasant on both ends. And then we trapped her somewhere. It's not permanent. She's really good at getting unstuck. But for right now, we got to figure out a more permanent solution for her. And also, do either, does anybody here know where Mayor McMeow is? (laughs) Mina's just like, Mina's just looking, listening to Mm -hmm. all of this with Mm -hmm. somewhere between like amused and confused and anxious. Some some combination of those emotions. And then at the end, when you say Mayor McMeow, she darts her eyes to the left and to the right to her two compatriots from City Hall. Oh, so they know? Insight check. (laughs) One quick addendum that I I think my compatriot here is too humble to note. That's very kind of you. Thank you. This particular version of Max had seen all the things that are pretty possible to have seen, essentially has run through every simulation of how this could go up until now, and we still beat her, which I think bodes well for a problem that seems to have been attempted to be solved by a bunch of people and a bunch of versions of City Hall without much success. We're such wild cards, which I know is very difficult for you all, but that actually is so good in this situation that it is upsetting the order of things so much that even experts cannot predict what we will do. Help us help you by giving us the information we need. Uh, Now I defer back to my compatriot about the whole mayor question. Hold on, question. She's seen everything all the time. Has she figured out a way to solve it to defeat Rudy? She doesn't care about defeating Rudy. She just cares about destroying every other timeline. Yes. And she failed at destroying ours. Her solution was to just wreck everything before Rudy gets to it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But she couldn't figure her way around us. The cycle stops here. Yeah, we're so annoying that no one can beat us. I think powerful (laughs) and strategic (laughs) and... Skillful and yes, smart. But, but all that Mina's going Cunning. to hear is annoying. So I'm going to just get to the point. We're so annoying. 
that no one can really get rid of us or beat us. And I think you know what that feels like. Were you able to figure out why there are so many Duncans? We're up to... And she looks to the recorder and he says, 47 Duncans. Ah, that's your friend Savannah, actually. Yes, that's your fault. Back to the mayor question. (laughs) Savannah is not my friend. If anything, she's Claire's friend. What does she have to do with all of this? Well, I mean, the council hired her to run the election, I presume. She's Uh, your contractor. (laughs) You think that we would have chosen Savannah? (laughs) No, we didn't have any choice in the matter. She just showed up. What? Well, then I suspect you escalate this to the powers that be, because Savannah's causing Duncan's to pop out of that WSOM rock like popcorn. She thinks it's funny. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course she does. I mean, we could put like a tarp over it or something. (laughs) Honestly, that seems like a good idea. I think the tarp might be a really good idea. We need a tarp and we need some of those bungee cords, you know? Yeah. They might just bounce right back to where they came from, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It also feels like, you know, this might be one of those diplomacy situations where you can speak to Savannah and get farther than we did. Ball's in your court on that one, personally. But we've given you a lot of information. I believe we had a question about the mayor. We will not be discussing the mayor. However, because of your good work, yes, I I suppose we must call it good work. (laughs) You may, on a provisional basis... Keep the time reserve. Hooray! Duncan Oliver and Max, no last name provided or known, you're hereby absolved of all charges related to the grand temporal larceny. I came over on a high, high five, Duncan. I give Max, I give Max a high too. five, and we melt into one Dunkamax. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, but Max Oliver. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you just took one first name and stretched it across the surname. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, I, I do turn and say, can I talk to Stafford, if that's the case? Oh, right. Stafford. Uh, That's fine. We don't need to track you down anymore, so he can go back to doing what he was doing before. Your, your knowledge broke. <laughs> and now what about my request for information to help us both? Uh, what information? I want to Got know about the recipe? well. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that too, actually. You know, we, we, we've very politely not asked any more questions about the mayor, which obviously something is wrong. A question for another day, I guess. The well, the records you have on me and my time with Rudy, anything that you have been holding back on that front? Because I think that's our next challenge. And uh, as I've said, we're annoying and we don't go away. So you can either work with us or have a very irritating back and forth on Sploot with us later. Claire, you are hereby granted access to the deep stacks (gasps) or any information pertaining to the well or Rudy, or you, or whatever other nonsense that you are involved in. I think Claire is literally, like, so excited that she actually starts salivating and then, like, catches herself, like, provided that we can continue to work in cooperation, as you have demonstrated in the recent days. That works for me. How do my compatriots feel about that? Bet there's some kick-ass recipes in the deep stacks. Sorry. That's Duncan <laughs> slipping in a little bit. Sounds great. Max. We need all the information we got. Okay, fine. Okay. Did we want to shake on this? I no, think we, we glaze. Should. We we, we glaze. all put our pots in in the kiln <laughs> and we glaze together. 
Momo brings out some like little paring knives. You can see there's like a contract written into a big urn. <laughs> and you all sign and glaze the contract. I love it. Yay. <laughs> this is how all contracts should be should yeah. be made. Mm-hmm. And then when the when it breaks, that's the end of the contract. Yeah. No, because... if anybody violates the terms of the contract, the urn breaks and everyone knows. Oh, because of course of yeah. course through all these summits, it's important to remember that we're everybody's sitting at an individual pottery wheel. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe didn't make it into the recording, but every now and then there's like oh, shit. Gotta reset. <laughs> Hold on. Center. And we got more clay. And we got water. I need a can I borrow your sponge, Max? Yeah, in the background at all times, this is happening. <laughs> I love that. I think Claire can't help but get one little last light jab and goes like, eh, it's almost like we're colleagues, like city council members. Don't, don't huh? say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't ruin this. Praise me. Praise me. Praise me. Thank you. (laughs) Claire literally busts out a genuine smile, and it might be the first time any of you have seen her genuinely smile with joy. That's a lot of teeth. (laughs) Yes. I got a second set put in. (laughs) Like a shark. Oh, I never get used to that. (laughs) Well, it's for when these go away, you know, I like having a backup ready. Horrible. Proactive dentistry. Yes. I sell it online. (laughs) Please stop talking. Get your second set right here. <laughs> is this is this another Claire you can product? Shoop away. It is. It's a second set of teeth immediately behind your first There's set of teeth. There's a gavel crack and, and Mina and the city hall trio disappear into the black columns. Hmm. I think they really could have benefited from your teeth. Oh, they're purely decorative. As the city hall trio are spirited away, and the three of you make your way outside, saying goodbye to Momo for a successful summit, unlike the first one, (laughs) you step out onto Main Street to find the street filled with a hustle and bustle of people, no small number of which are Double Duncans. (laughs) I repress my high-fiving tendencies. (laughs) And as you go to take a step forward, you almost trip as the sidewalk buckles and another pine tree breaks through the asphalt. Trees. 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 I'm walking here. (laughs) 